Welcome to That Good May Become with me, Laura Scappatici, where we learn to illuminate the esoteric in our everyday lives. Hello, everyone. It's Laura, and I am here to introduce the next season of That Good May Become. As you know, this podcast is about disrupting materialism, and materialism to me is the force that takes us away from the most living things in life. And (laughs) I just had an experience with something that was very living, and that is the coronavirus. And I want to talk about my spiritual experience with the virus as an introduction to this next season. So does everyone know what the etheric body is? I'll just give a little explanation of what I think it is and how I understand it. It comes out of a lot of different spiritual streams, but in particular for me in Anthroposophy, uh, Rudolf Steiner talks about this part of the human composition uh, as the life body. So the life body, the the thing that animates us and makes us alive. So when we die, you're left with the physical body and that animating force is gone. And so this animating force is part of what the etheric body is. I'm probably, you should probably like read about it because there'll be better explanations. But what I want to say about it is that I think this virus really attacks the etheric body, that life body. And I think for me, and I know everyone's experience has been, everyone has a different experience with this virus. And for some people, of course, they have extreme, extreme symptoms, end up in the hospital. Some people pass away and others, you know, don't have any symptoms. So this is just me and my journey here. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the impact it had on me and my etheric body and what that meant for me spiritually. So um, we had something just after the holidays that I thought was the coronavirus. And, um, you know, we can get into talks about testing and all kinds of things like that. But I never tested positive, though my husband did at that point. But a few weeks later, my daughter came home from school and like crashed with a fever. And I was like, okay, what's this? (laughs) And uh, about five days later, I got the same fever. Now, fever, if you listen to my episode with Adam Blanning, uh, is really an interesting process in the body. It's very protective. It's trying to burn off what's what what's in there and what's causing the problem. Also, I've heard people talk about it from a spiritual perspective that it's, you know, burning off past lives or just burning off old karma. And so to disrupt a fever or to try to control a fever is sometimes unhelpful unless of course it becomes very dangerous. So I just went with this fever. It knocked me down. Um, I got in and I warmed my body up, like, like induced, you know, got myself super warm and um, knew I was going to be in for something <laughs> intense. Uh, the other thing that happened along with the fever, which again, to me is a, a sort of spiritual, amazing uh, process, 
is that the pain, and I think other people have had this, went to these trauma points in my body. So I had um, pain go to places where I'd had pain and maybe unresolved stuff before. So I'm wondering who else has had this experience too. And then the fatigue was so intense. Um, and I have never really experienced fatigue like that before. Like I didn't even know, you know, I know what tired is, but fatigue, holy Toledo, that was <laughs> really incredible. And so um, I had to not do the things I was used to doing. And one of the things that I was used to doing was being on screens a lot on my phone and on my computer working. And I absolutely could not get near them. And this is where I want to bring that etheric body back in. So to me, there's um, overall something going on with the life body right now. Um, I find that we as human beings, the things that build the etheric body and strengthen it are rhythmic activity. So you can imagine someone like, hoeing in a field or plowing in a field or scrubbing laundry or like these natural rhythmic movements. Also, nature um, helps to bolster and strengthen the etheric body being out in nature and having those forces with you. Uh, cooking, these things, these very daily things. So here's these screens that come in that I use all the time and I'm not opposed to, but they don't create any of that energy. They don't, they don't give us any of those forces. And this picture came into my mind. My husband showed me um, some post on Instagram, an art piece where someone's face was blurred. There was like a line of people and their face was blurred. And there was like the blur from their face distortion was being pulled into the phone. They were all looking at phones. And so there's like this vortex. But the picture that came to me whenever I tried to approach a screen was this picture of my energy or my life force or that etheric being pulled from my heart towards the phone. So like that heart energy was kind of going into the phone. So you know when you're sick, like how weird things come to you? I had several weird things come to me. This was one of them. This was one of the pictures. So screens, I could not be anywhere near them. I also sort of had this revelation about time and time is also something that's connected to the etheric and the life body and how disconnected we are to time because partially because of our way of being with screens and our way of not being with nature and um, just this absolute fierce crunch on time. Like it always never would feel like I had an expanse of it. These are the things connected to the etheric body. I hope you're following me here. It's going somewhere, I promise. So step by step, I started coming out of this and I was getting some messages and I know this was happening to other people too. If this happened to you, if you got COVID and you had messages, please send them to me. I want to know your spiritual messages from COVID. Um, but the one that I got, the one very important message I got upon waking up from a dream, because that's when I get a lot of messages or just waking up or falling asleep, like these words will come into my head, um, was ready for it. Be ordinary. Be ordinary. It's okay to just be ordinary and live life. And so, yeah, duh, I totally am ordinary. But in my head, 
I'm doing something else. I'm doing something that's not, I'm doing something else. So what is going on? I'm constantly, so I'm starting to evaluate this while I have COVID, constantly reaching past the daily things in life, like these etheric building things, like doing the dishes and into this realm of extraordinariness. And it's not helpful or necessary. I just need to be present in my everyday life. So the super grounding thing happened for me in a very positive way. And I think this has something to do with the astral body. So I'm going to talk about the astral body for a minute now. (laughs) Stay with me. If you hear people say, oh, that person's really woo-woo, right? They might be saying that they have like an um, overactive astral or they have a lot of astrology. So like that means that they're kind of out of their body and sort of like floating and um, just connecting with the higher world and not, you know, really like here on earth doing their thing. So that's what I think was happening. There's a little bit of this like out of body, extraordinary, not being present. And um, this virus was asking me just to be right here. So I want to read you a quote because I'm going to introduce the season right now. It's going to be on something like spiritual practices. <laughs> like I'm leaving it very open. I can't I can't really pin down exactly what it wants to do. It has its own idea and um I'm going to let it roll out like that, but it's about spiritual practices. So I'm going to read a quote from Steiner's book How to Know Higher Worlds and I just want to give a little bit of a teaser and say that I am going to be doing a course on this book, I think in the fall. So stay tuned for that. This is the most influential spiritual book that I've encountered. And I've read a lot of spiritual books, but this is the one for me. And I hope you'll join me on that journey. And I'm not even going to talk about it anymore right now because I'm just trying to be ordinary. Let me get my book. Here we go. This is about living in life while having spiritual practices. For all human beings, in addition to what we may call the ordinary everyday self, also bear within themselves a higher self or a higher human being. The higher human being remains concealed until it is awakened, and it can be awakened only as each of us individually awaken it within ourselves. Until then, the higher faculties that are latent within each one of us and that lead to supersensible knowledge remain hidden. We must continue to observe this rule seriously and faithfully until we feel the fruits of inner calm and tranquility. For each of us who does this, a day will come when all around will become bright with spirit. Then to eyes we did not know we had, a whole new world will be revealed. And here's where he says not to be (laughs) woo-woo. Nothing needs to change in our outer lives because we begin to follow this rule. We carry out our duties as before. In the beginning, too, we endure the same sufferings and experience the same joys. We must not in any way become alienated from life. On the contrary, we become able to live life more fully the rest of the day just because we are acquiring a higher life in those moments we set aside. So that's, you know, this idea that 
the woo-woo <laughs> can be unhelpful. And I found it to be especially, or my dream message was telling me that is especially unhelpful during this moment in time in 2022, where we're all going through something so huge. Someone, a listener emailed me, Krista, and she's in New York. And she said this to me, and I just really want to relate to, to what she's experiencing. She said, I've been wrestling. I think we all have to some extent with so much right now. And she goes on to talk about her, how she has two kids under three. And she said, I'm feeling some urgency to, I don't know, find what matters, stand for what matters, find the essential. I've been feeling like I'm at a threshold, but I can't figure out exactly what it is and how to step through. So I think there are tons of people feeling like that. And I think spiritual practices help with that. You know, since I had this virus, I've had some really big internal and external changes happen in my life. And one of them has to do with mothering and spirituality. So this little bit goes out to Krista and all the mommies that are listening or people that are parenting and just struggling during this time. The reason I'm talking about parenting and spirituality is because when you're parenting, you really are here on the planet being ordinary as much as possible, like making mac and cheese and, you know, cleaning up toys and changing dirty diapers. And so how is there spirituality in that? And I think it's a perfect example of this being in regular life and having a spiritual practice. So, for me, I think there's so many possibilities for spiritual practices as a mom, but they're not always easy, right? You have these opportunities as a parent, especially with young children, to observe, just to watch, you know, what it's like for a child to start to crawl or move or walk and really like just be there and be present with it. There's also this devotion and devotion is a spiritual practice that can happen every day, whether it's watering a plant every day or um, walking up to a tree and saying hello. All my examples are going to be with plants. <laughs> um, it could also be bringing flowers to someone or whatever, this this continuous and um, sort of rhythmic act of showing love and interest is devotion. And man, you have a lot of opportunity with that as a parent. And if you can frame the bedtime story as a bit of devotion and be present, that's that would be really a beautiful practice. Um, gratitude's another practice. I've been trying to do this one for a while now. Before bed, just think of the best thing that happened that day. And almost all the time. It has to do with my children. When you have teenagers, um, not judgment, and I'm going to talk about some of the practices that I do in a minute, uh, is really an amazing spiritual practice. We all need this practice right now. And if you listen to the last episode with Connor B, we talked about the pandemic of certainty and how not judgment is an antidote to that. Finally, with this virus, one of the other messages that's pretty personal to me was this idea of being my children's angel. And let me tell you, like angel stuff seems super wacky to me. Um, <laughs> but I read an amazing book by Lorna Byrne called Angels in My Hair, and uh, it really affected me. And 
that understanding of angels and also my understanding of spirituality, like the spiritual beings, um, I can, I don't know, anybody else feeling angels? Please tell me. Please tell me if you're feeling angels. And I got to say something about meditation. I have, we have this little study group we're meeting once a month right now. And uh, we're working with How to Know Higher Worlds by Rudolf Steiner. Um, again, favorite book ever. Uh, and we are talking about meditation because the second chapter of that book has a lot to do with meditation. And, uh, you know, one, we're all parents. And one of the moms, she has kids younger than my kids. And she was like, I don't know, like, he didn't have any kids, you know? And I'm like, yes, yeah, sister, he did not have any kids, Rudolf Steiner. <laughs> so yes, it's very different to have a meditation practice when you don't have children. But also as they get older, and I'm going to talk about my meditation practice, which I've had for about three years now, um, it, it's, it's possible. But there's so many ways to have spiritual practices that don't involve clearing your mind. In my early days of exploring spirituality, I did um, a primordial sound meditation workshop with the the Deepak Chopra staff in LA, and that was that was really interesting. They give you like this private session where you get these words, um, and I think this happens with transcendental meditation too. Don't you get like a word or something? Someone tell me. Um, I haven't done TM, but. Um, you get a word and you use it um, to kind of calm down and clear your mind. And that was helpful to me. I was exposed to Deepak Chopra in college through like, yes, like a video. <laughs> like really, like I put it in a VCR and watched it and he was talking about meditation. Um, I also really think that there are possibilities. So that's meditation. But what about physical practices like yoga or breath work or chanting? I had experiences with chanting later on. Um, what about creative practices like art, poetry? I mean, Annie Lamont and Natalie Goldberg are some of my favorite writers. They write about writing, but they're also very spiritual people. Um, nature practices, which is where I could end up being a little astral or woo-woo. It's really safe for me to be in trees. It's like one of my favorite places. But again, like I need to be a little more grounded than that right now. Can anyone relate? I'm wondering. And then, uh, yeah, as I talked about before, the angel thing. Prayer is also another spiritual practice that I'm sure people are doing. And if this is part of your uh, spiritual life, I'd like to hear about it. My best friend in New York, her father was huge on prayer and would just pray every day and had like a little list in his wallet of people he was praying for. What a beautiful thing. There's a mood that comes along with my spiritual practice and it can be done as exercises or it can be done as sort of a life path. And they involve six main principles. One is clear thinking. And that is to be able to not have monkey mind, as Dinty Moore talks about in the book, The Accidental Buddhist. It's just about being able to think about what you want to think about. And there are practices on how to do that. So that's part of my, that's part of how I bring myself to spirituality. Open-mindedness, just being able to, to have non-judgment. I want to read a little passage about that. Okay, also from... How to Know Higher Worlds and the chapter, Some Effects of Initiation. Fourth, we must develop forbearance or tolerance towards other people, other beings, and events. We must suppress all unnecessary criticism of imperfection, 
evil, and wickedness, and seek rather to understand everything that comes to meet us. Just as the sun does not withdraw its light from wickedness and evil, so we too should not withdraw our understanding and sympathy from anyone. When we meet adversity, we should not indulge in negative judgments, but accept the inevitable, right? Accept the inevitable and try as best we can to turn it to the good. Similarly, instead of considering the opinions of others only from our own standpoint, we should try to put ourselves in their position. And he talks about this earlier. It's not about not having judgment. It's what you do with the judgment. And it's not about not having boundaries or calling something out as wrong. It's it's a, more of an inner process than that. It's one of my spiritual practices is open-mindedness. The other one is, you know, having the strength of will to do things every day. That just builds you up in general to meet life and uh, positivity, having a positive outlook. And that gratitude practice is really in there for me. And then also equanimity. Equanimity is such an amazing, it's not to be caught up in the highs and lows of our emotions, but to try to find the middle. And it's not about spiritual bypassing or bypassing feelings. It's to know what that middle feeling feels like and to be able to go there. And to be able to go to the high and the low, but to find the middle in there. It's not stoicism. It's actually, I think, can make one's feelings more alive. All right. So my practice right now, every day, I used to go outside and sit on my porch or sit under a tree and meditate. But right now, I just sit up in my bed and look out the window and I work with a verse. And that means that when I'm meditating, I have words that I'm using and I try to make every single one of those words. I try to make is the wrong word. I try to find the sense of life in every word in the verse. So let's say the verse is quiet. I bear within me. Does anybody know that verse? It's the quiet verse. It's so beautiful. But Every each of those words throughout, I'm just giving the first line, quiet I bear within me. Quiet is its own feeling, bear within and me. All the, each of those words has a strength to it on its own and a meaning and a life. And so when you meditate with a verse, you you feel into the life of each word. That's how I do it. Maybe other people do it differently. But if I was just like in my head with the verse, our father, God in heaven, I'll be, you know, if you're going to use something powerful like that, each, for me, each word needs to be very alive. So in prayer or meditation, if you're using something like that. And that's what I do every day right now. I am just inviting you this season to explore different spiritual practices with me and the guests that I have on. And speaking of that, I would like to know, who do you want to have on the show? Who do you want to hear from? Do you have someone that you think would be great to be on That Good Baby Come to help me disrupt materialism, to help you disrupt materialism? Who's disrupting materialism with you? If you have an idea for a guest or a topic, please email me or message me at laura underscore scapatici on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Just find me. And I really would love to hear from you. So 
hey, everybody, be ordinary with me. I'm just going to go get some tea and toast, which is my life right now. If you're around me in my daily life in my town, you hear me talking about tea and toast a lot. Go have some tea and toast. Get present. Be an angel to your children. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. See you later. Bye.